Eight years ago, three nerds created a little independent wrestling podcast that could, but over time, that podcast has grown into not just covering wrestling, but all things under the nerd rainbow. From Marvel to the Muppets, from Frank Sinatra to Count Chocula, from Mickey Mouse to CM Punk. Now, here is some combination of Chad, Zach, and Luna as we welcome you to the IndieCast. All nerd, all the time, exclusively on the WNR. <laughs> Greetings, everyone, and welcome. What the fuck? Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. I am Zach Romero. Joining me here, as always, is one Chad Allen. Oh my God, I can't wait for what this is going to be already. If you, uh, no if pressure. You no pressure. Here's the pre-show stuff of this. Holy no, shit. No pressure. So, uh, so no pressure at all. We are starting uh, 2023 off very strong, strong style, some might say, God and. Damn right. uh, we are uh, we are coming in guns blazing with our first interview to start off. Oh, I don't know season forty eight of this show that will never end. <laughs> uh, coming back after a almost seven year hiatus on the show, please open your ears for a close personal friend, fully gimmick's own, the fucking governor, Martin Stone. Martin, <laughs> welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Thank you so much for letting me be on this again. Uh, let you be a it's a pleasure man we love having you back on this has been we've been waiting a while to have this one happen so a long time isn't it so uh since the last time we talked um a lot of things have changed so i don't feel like i would be doing my job as a broadcast journalist if i did not ask the number one question that everyone listening has on their mind when it comes to martin stone martin i know it's a lot of hush hush we can't say things are 100 confirmed but the people want to know when will you be tagging with Jody Christopherson? Oh, <laughs> God. That's the dream team right there. No idea. <laughs> Funnily enough, I spoke to Jody, I think it was maybe about six weeks ago. No, I we were actually to... telling, uh, we were telling stories of you, myself, uh, Luna, and I don't know if Chad, you were there or not, and Jody Christopherson before an ACW show at a peewee hockey rink and Jody was just yes. telling tales, and we were just pissing ourselves laughing. Yeah, oh God, yeah. I, yeah, I love Jody. You know, you I should really give him another call. You actually reminded me about it. I <laughs> absolutely love that guy. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to just put Jody Christopherson over. <laughs> now, I, I will say my favorite story of Martin's, well, the, the one that I can tell. Um, there we so go. We've, we've, we've hinted at some other stories that we probably won't tell on here, but I'll remind him about them later when we're not recording is uh, me walking into uh, the old Gods and Monsters for a, uh, uh, I think it was an FIP, FIP show. Yeah. And yeah. I had walked yeah. in and I, like you and Zach, you and I were getting ready to say hi or something. And I just heard the lo- this loud British voice behind me just yell, Chad Allen! And I fucking jumped out of my skin. And then I turned around and was like, thank God, it's just Martin. I'm not going to yeah. die here. Uh, yeah. But I was like, somebody's coming after me. But just the yeah, way the, the mob finally caught up to you, Chad. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they finally caught up to you, Chad. Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it, the it, they were going to get me. They were going to get me sooner or later. It was just it, about yeah, to happen. About so, um, but no. So, so let's just all wax poetics about how great Martin is and all these stories that no one else knows the context for. Um, no, no, no. Like but six, like six minutes. We got six minutes. Six minutes we got time. Uh, but go. for uh, for those listening at home, walk us through. Basically, you know, the, the the return. I mean, you've you've had you've been handed 
injuries. You've been handed all kinds of, of, of just mess in the world of wrestling. And now we're turning a corner and we're, we're making the, the return, the long awaited return. So walk, get, bring us up to speed on, on the shit show that you've had to deal with. <laughs> well, the game from March of last year. Sure. Is, okay. Right. So obviously, um, we'd, I think it was the October of 21 was when we finally won the, uh, the tag titles. Um, there'd been a few times we'd been told, Hey, it's going to happen here. It's going to happen here. And it never did. Didn't think anything it was like, Oh, okay, whatever. And, um, anyway, I'd got the, uh, the night before <laughs> the week before the, uh, the, the tag title win, I'd got like the booking sheet and I'm not going to say who it was, but like, I read it and I kind of flipped out a little bit. I was like, there are so many other people that could be doing this match tonight, but why am I doing it? Um, voiced my opinion to someone and they just literally just said, bigger picture. I'm like, oh, okay. And by the next day we find out that that night we're winning the tag title. So I'm just like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I felt like a complete moron doing that. But then, um, yeah, then that obviously that all came to a head in March. Uh, when it was myself and Biff against uh, Cross and Finn Balor. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything was going really good. It was a super easy match. And uh, all that happened, I mean, and if if Cross hadn't have held on, I'd probably be in a wheelchair. Um, But as I posted to go up for the double suplex, a move that I have taken countless many times with people <laughs> not as good as cross and my hand just slipped off of his leg um if he hadn't have held on i'd have probably broken my neck because of the wow. way I, because because of mm. the way i was going to land um so because of that i ended up going over sideways uh, i heard a god almighty crunch and i'm touching the back of my head because i was like oh, i've just broke his nose because like our heads clashed together so mm. I like, oh, I just broke his nose i'm like I go to get up and I'm like, oh, ow. And then with that, the ref comes running over and goes, oh my God. I was like, oh, that doesn't look healthy. Luckily, we just crashed. We'd literally just crashed to, uh, to a commercial. So I rolled out of the ring. Um, obviously, I was so angry. Not because I'd got hurt, but I was just like, I can't believe this. So then the doctor's trying to check me over and I was like, I don't know, it just feels weird. Like, I don't know what's going on. He's like, oh, well, I think, you know, I think you've, you've, you've broke your collarbone or, or whatever like that. Anyway, in frustration, I smacked the, the, uh, the guardrail out the view of the camera. And I was like, oh, it's good. It's great. I can finish it. So they literally, they came back and I jumped up to get back in the ring to grab the rope and it just came straight back out again. Nope, mm. you're done. Yeah, that we do. And to, to be honest with you, that's the um, that's the thing that irks me the most about that scenario. I couldn't finish. Mm. Like if, if if I could have literally put my arm inside my trunks and just because there was maybe what two minutes left, and I felt so sick. And um, as I came through the curtain, like um, Sean comes up to me and he goes, "You good?" And I said, "I'm so sorry, I couldn't finish." That was literally the first thing that went through my head. Wasn't even thinking about anything else. Um, so yeah, so then the next day, uh, I go and have, I go and see the surgeon and he just says, yep, yeah, um, 
usually with uh, shoulder separations, you've got like between you've got grades one to six. One is keep it in a sling, and then we'll just do some light rehab and, and get it moving again. Two is the same, but it takes a little bit longer. Three, same as that. When you start to get into four, that's when you potentially look at sur- surgery. I was a grade six. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so of course, then in my head, it was like, yeah, so this is a grade six. He said, I can see this right now. I said, so we'll send you for an uh, MRI and see if there's any more damage, which I didn't even think about at the time. And I was like, what do you mean more damage? I was like, it's just to separate shoulders. I was like, well, you know, you could have compromised your rotator cuff. You could have, you know, you could have torn that. You could have torn your labrum. Um, he said, so we just need to completely see what, what is going on in. So I was just like, oh, man. Because then in my head, I'm like, right, if it's labrum or rotator cuff, I know I'm going to be out a year. I knew that off the off the top of my head straight away. It was like, that's going to be a year. So I was like, well, I guess we'll see what happens. Anyway, by whatever turn of events, when the bone went through, so like your, your back of your shoulder, the way it was explained to me, it almost looks like a triangle where like the labrum is and the rotator cuff and like where the, the bone is that connects to the collarbone. That bone had gone through. Yeah, yeah, oh, good it, Lord. It had completely missed my rotator cuff and labrum. <laughs> and even he was like, I don't understand how you've done that. He said, so he said, we'll get you fixed up. Um, you'll be back in six months. Okay. So I was like, all right, that's not the end of the world. So, yeah, so I go, I'll go in and see him on the Wednesday, and then I'll go in for surgery the following Monday. Um, I can tell you right now, I thought, when I tore my ACL, when I originally had that fixed, when I was first right. in FDW, um, I thought that was hard. But because I was like, well, you know, I'm still up and down on my feet, you know, I'm not stuck in, you know, I'm not stuck on crutches or anything like that. Losing your predominant hand for a good two, three months, not being able to, like, cut your food up properly or wipe your own ass when you go to the toilet... It's really annoying. So trying to have to do it with your left hand is impossible. So I, I invested in a lot of baby wipes because it's so much easier. But anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, yeah, good. We're being creative. We're figuring out solutions. The most soul-destroying experience. I, was, I didn't even really think about it. I was like, then I was like, wow, how, you know, how am I going to drive? How, you know, then I was just like, I literally can't eat anything. Because I just looked like, because I couldn't move my arm. It was stuck. It was like, whatever you do, don't move it. Da, 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 da. So like, I'm literally like leaning over the table, like trying to move my knife and just like kind of hold like food in place. And yeah, just tr- trying to brush my teeth with my left hand. I felt like a kid that just found his mum's lipstick and was trying to put it on. And like, just, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was brutal. But um, then obviously thing you know started to heal up it started you know it, it was it, it was it started to feel good and then obviously i was doing rehab properly and just you know the the got the the medical team at the pc you know they, they took such good care of me um just you know i was you know i rehabbed or well, they would have to pull the reins and they're like you're doing too much you can't do this much so it was just like i just you know i just wanted to get back right of course um but then luckily, you know, as, as fate would have it, I ended up back five months instead of six. I shaved four weeks off. Um, and then, yeah, I got cleared. And then literally a week later, it was like, oh, you're in the main event of, of next week's show. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to be uh, you and Biff against, um, uh, uh, well, what are they called? M- M- MSK. That's it. Yeah. Um. Yes, we do that match, and obviously 
leading up to that, I had because obviously I'd not been able to train properly, so I was, you know, I was, I was, I was heavier. Um, well, you know, I can say it now because I managed to, I managed to favor, I managed to kayfabe it. So the week before we won the tag titles, I blew my knee out. Wow, Jesus! I, I, I'd either broken scar tissue or I slightly tore my meniscus. One of the two. I never. It's fine now. So, of course, at the time, I'm like, week before, I'm going to get my push, and this happened. So I ended up going to my doctor and getting it drained and all that good stuff. And then, uh, so that that was actually why my physique literally slipped, because for that, that time period of being a tag champion, I'm glad that we had a lot more promos than we did matches, because uh, I, for that, until that match the following, I literally, I couldn't even walk on it properly. Um. So yeah, anyway, fast forward to that. We do the main event on, I'm trying to think, that would have been the 2.0 started September, right? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So that was literally the last week of October. So it was literally a year to the date as to when we won the uh, the tag titles. And then we did the main event. And yeah, I felt like I hadn't lost a beat. I felt comfortable, you know, just I was like, right, here we go. Ready to go. Um. And then, unfortunately, just that, you know, I was on a, uh, a PC live show. Um, what they do with that is they put, like, um, they put guys who haven't got as much experience on with guys who've got more experience. So the experienced guy can teach them and just, you know, move, move them through and stuff like that and listen to their ideas as to what they want to do and, and everything like that. And, um, yeah, I, I unfortunately broke my collarbone on the same side. Oh, God. So it's not even as though it was uh, the other shoulder. <laughs> so obviously panic stations was, I don't, I'd been five months post-surgery and now I just broken my collarbone on the same side. So the unfortunate thing was when I went for the x-ray the next day, because I, I knew something was wrong just because I've tried and put my arm like across my uh, like you know when you try and stretch your shoulder out and put your arm across your chest like in gym class like right. my, my neck on the left side would start burning oh that's not yeah that's not nice I'm like, not, well, so, and this was the thing so I went to the hospital they did the MRI and I guess this wasn't the this wasn't the, this wasn't the surgeon this was the uh, the dude who reads because I went to a different hospital to get my uh, scan done and he was like no you're good mm. I'm like what like, no, you're good. He's like, he said, you know, he said, yeah, he said, just he said it's fluffed up. He said, but that's because you've got the old, you, you just had surgery sort of thing. He said, but no, I'm, I'm, it's good. So just, you know, rest up and like you cleared as much as you can. And I remember sitting at my, um, I was at a uh, jujitsu uh, class with my, uh, my stepdaughter and, um, I'm sitting there and I'm moving my arm and I'm like, my neck should not be feeling like this. Like now, then it was like my uh, my left trap was starting to burn as well. I was like, hey, I don't know, that can't be right. And then I actually got a phone call that day and it was like, actually, no, the X-rays been read wrong. Um, you broke your collarbone. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. You know how he said uh, no problems and it's perfectly fine. Uh, turns out it was right. opposite day. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just kidding. Yes. So then I'm chatting to Dr. Martin, great guy. And he goes, yeah, he said, so you broke your collarbone, but because of the previous surgery, I spoke to the surgeon, you're going to be within six months out. Yeah. 
that was now, just now what's the what's the normal time for a collarbone break? I don't know. Okay. You know, I mean, if you go back and look at Randy Orton, he had horrible problems after he broke his, his, his collarbone. Oh, that's true. So it's, I just think it's just it's case to case. Um, I think the general norm is like three months. I think that's the general consensus. That's okay. That's what I was looking for because I was like, is six months like super abnormal or is that? The, but yeah, okay. yeah. So I think the but I think obviously because literally I just had that's it. Like I just had I just had my uh, separated shoulder fixed. I think then it was more like, oh dear, this is going to be a problem. Hmm. So I go and uh, yeah again again. I, yeah, I go and see him on the Thursday, and the doctor was great. He said, "Come to my different office." He said, "So I went to that one, and he had he had a he had uh, all available appointments on that one. So like he rushed me in, and he was an absolute superstar. So this procedure was just yeah, we'll put a plate in on your collarbone, and we'll go from there." He said, and then just it will heal, and then everything's good that way. Okay, perfect. So get the plate done, get it put in, um, do a follow-up two weeks later, and then there's issues. So the original procedure wasn't compromised, but the plate was raising up, which he was telling me that that meant that it's, it's not setting. So then he was like, right, we're going to have to wait for a bit. He said, just we need to wait for a bit. Um, and then, okay. But anyway, a few weeks passed. He goes back in there. He does another x-ray. And he says, he said, yeah, the plate's raised. He said, but it's not enough cause for concern. So I was just like, oh, excellent. Good. So the original procedure hadn't been compromised because if that had, he would have had to have redone that. Mm. Anyway, then, of course, what, four weeks later, it gets infected. Oh, of course. Jeez. So then I have to go back in there. They have to take the plate out, wash it out, put it back on and everything like that. Then at that point, they were like, right, we need to let this heal. You cannot do anything. You can't do cardio because at that time I started walking and stuff like that. They were like, you cannot do cardio. You cannot move it. The only time you can take that sling off is when you go to shower. Um, yeah, you're like, you are immobilized until this heals. Oh. Bearing in mind right now, this has been nearly a year of stop starts and maybes yeah, and whoops a daisies and, and blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, then at that t- that point in time, I get told my in ring career is over because I am no longer required for television. Um, so you're going to be a coach. Mm. So I mean, yeah, other than the, the, the guy. It was the changing of the guard. They right. wanted 25 and younger. So take that as to how you think. Um, so, yeah, so then I was a coach. And that was what? That was the September. So that was November. Other than uh, I was coaching with Robbie Brookside, um, which was. I found a, a new. A, a new love for coaching because I'd always done seminars years ago and stuff like that and always enjoyed them. But then I just got to a point when I was like tunnel vision, right? I'm going to do this for me. Um, but right. then, you know, I, I, I fe- fell in love with coaching again and it was great. 
you know, you know, being at the PC, and, you know, you've got Fit Finley in there teaching, you know, you've got uh, Rob, Robbie Brookside, uh, Tim Thatcher was coaching, um, you had uh, Hideki Suzuki. So it was, just, you know, it was, for me, it was also, I would literally, I would help teach my class with Robbie. Obviously, I'm picking stuff up from Robbie that, you know, that I, I hadn't really thought about in years and stuff that I didn't know. And just someone else who's had years in the job of experience, of, of experience over me. So I'm, I'm getting a chance to listen to that. And then, obviously, I'm looking at how, Hideki's brain works when he when he's wrestling and stuff like that, and his coaching. I'm, you know, I'm, I literally became a sponge again because then I'm literally spending all day, you know, standing around Fit Finley's ring and just right. pick it like just, you know, so because in the back of my head I was like, well, I think I've still got gas in the tank. I don't know if I'm done yet. Like I've just been told I'm done, but am I done? And then I kind of just settled into. Yeah, I guess I am. I'm I'm too old now, I guess. Um, which led to um, making the, the start of what was going to be some very bad decisions. Um, yeah, and then obviously January, where were I? January 4th. <laughs> uh, I unfortunately get my release due to restructuring. Mm. So, and that was just the start of 22. <laughs> right. Right. Then we, we had like a whole sequel year. Um, so, yeah, I get, and I wasn't mad at being let go. I was just more concerned about the fact that I'd been let go while I was still injured. Mm. Right. Because you can't just immediately go, all right, well, I'll just hit the indies. Yeah. Like a ton or of bricks. Go and hit up, you know, Impact or AEW. Or, right. True. Right. I couldn't do anything. <clears throat> couldn't do anything. So, luckily, um, the company helped me out. Um, but then I was still like, okay, what's plan B? Because I guess, I guess now I'm done. Because I've still, I've been told I'd be cleared in April. So I was like, February, March. I was like, okay, it was only three months. So I'm like, well, all right, I'll just sit and bide my time. You know, I still can't, I still can't do anything. I've still, still got to be immobilized. Um, so then, uh, fuck it, I'll just say, I um, life started to look very good through the bottom of a bottle. Mm. Um, I really made some very stupid mistakes. Uh. <clears throat> very very stupid mistakes um but anyway so april comes around i'm like you know here we go this is gonna be awesome da, 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 da. i get in there yeah it's not healing i'm like what do you mean it's not healing it was like your collarbone's not healing i said so your next option is we're gonna have to do a bone graft so then by this point i'm like well <laughs> money needs to start coming in asap right so uh, I was like, I was like, is there a chance this could heal though? And he was like, yeah, of course. He said, it's just, it's not healing as quickly as I'd like it to. I said, well, can we hold off on surgery? He said, it was like, okay, right. He said, well, hold off on surgery. He said, you need, he said, you need to start rehab now. He said, I know I've said you can't immobilize it. He said, but just, you, you need to start moving it. He said, because otherwise you're just going to lose 
you know, you'll lose function, you'll lose strength, you'll lose range of motion, just, you know, like you lose everything. So I started doing light rehab. And then everything was going really, really good. And then uh, end of June, I go back for another follow-up and he's like, this hasn't healed one bit since I last saw him. Jesus. Uh, So if you need to, he said, if you want to wrestle, then you're going to have to have another surgery. (laughs) So I'm like, all right. What by this the by, by this point, like my shoulder looks like Frankenstein's nutsack. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just you know, I'm like, wow. So he's like, right, uh, we'll take a piece of your hip bone out. We'll take the plate out. We'll plop it in where it's not healing properly, and then it will the bone will set, and then it will it will. So what was happening? Like so the 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 collarbone was healing at the bottom, but I guess because the crack was was too top when I it was too big when I initially broke it. It was just too big for it to close up. It was like just too big for it to, to heal properly. So it just needed a little push. So we put the uh, bone thing in there. Um, and then, yeah, uh, December 12th of 2022, I got my clearance. Well, so, Jesus. yeah. Merry, Merry Christmas, at least. Holy yeah. shit. Yes. yes. And it was funny. I literally, I walked out that, that, that walked out of that hospital at the doctor's office and I literally just I found a park bench and I just broke my heart because it was finally over. Like I couldn't even I couldn't even say why well, I'm released because obviously the company were you know they they were amazing. They they you know they paid for all the surgeries, they paid for oh, wow. their, okay. they paid for all the rehab I needed. Like they literally took care of me even though I, I was no longer there. But it was a chapter that I couldn't close and walk away from because I was still, you know, so, but just, you know, thankfully it's, it's good. So, yeah. So 2020, uh, 2023 on in Kissimmee, as in uh, Kissimmee, Florida, Friday of next week for CCW, I make my return. That's nice. incredible. And I also, side note, just love Kissimmee. So, that, that <laughs> works for me as well. Old, old Town is a beautiful place. Uh, I, uh, we love Old Town in this yeah, house. Uh, I'll, I'll, I do love it. Uh, got the shit scared out of me at that year-round haunted house. Um, they <laughs> mocked me openly as I got the shit scared out of me. Um, I've never been in that yet. I need to do it. It's good. It's actually very yeah. good. It's it's it. uh, stretch before you go in. It's big as hell. It's like two stories. It'll take you like 15 oh, wow. minutes to get through. It's crazy. Um, yeah it's incredible um so i so there's so many things so number one in a different in a different set of circumstances i would say that you being a coach absolutely makes sense because i can't tell you how many times i have either blatantly ripped off something that you've told me or said or cited you anytime I was, I've ever explained anything to younger wrestlers, like be it in ring stuff, be it promo. There's just so much that, you know, we've even picked up just from watching you work. So I feel like in another circumstance, you as a coach makes all the sense in the world. Um, but that all being said, I wanted to ask a, what was the big thing? What was something huge that you picked up from, your time coaching, like you said, when you were being a sponge again, 
what is one big thing that you have learned that you are going to bring into how you work from this point forward? Um, and then number two, you've talked about this. This is a this is a dark chapter. This is a tough, tough road that you've had to go down to get to this point. Um, at this point, do you have anything that you can point to as like this inspired me to keep going because of X, Y, Z? Or is it just sort of like a, what else am I going to do? Also, what's your favorite color? I don't know. I just feel like we got, we got some other options here. No, no, no. Um, again, just as much as it was a really bad set of circumstances, I just didn't handle it well. If I'd have been released and then I was cleared, it would have been fine. Right. I, could have, I could have just moved on and, okay, what's next? But then, you know, um, but just I, I I couldn't see a way out. I've trapped is a much better word. That's yeah. I was just going to say that's more what it sounds word. like. Um, and just yeah, you know, I I I cost my marriage um, through feeling trapped, like I couldn't do anything, and you know, and you know, I, I turned to alcohol. It was a stupid thing to do. Is a very very stupid thing to do, and yeah, I, I I can hold my hand up and admit to it. And you know, I was the reason that I cost me my marriage. Um, but one day I literally just woke up, and I was like, the sun was a little bit brighter. You know, the birds were chirping a little bit louder. And I just started watching wrestling again. No one in particular. I literally just started wrestling again. And I was like, maybe I can do this. Maybe, you know, because I, I kind of set I kind of set it to myself. That I was like, well, I'm no longer with uh, WWE. So I, I guess that's it. I guess, you know, after trying to think, it'll be 20 years next year. I thought, well, I had a good run. I guess I'll just call it a day. And just there was a part of me that just not couldn't deal with it, but just wouldn't let me say it. Mm-hmm. And then in my head, I'm like, you're being stupid now. Come on. Like, you know, you, you know, you've had these surgeries. You've done this. You know, like, you're not going to be anywhere near as good as what you were before. Like, what are you talking about? Um, but then, yeah, just one day I just woke up. Everything seemed a little bit bright, brighter. I started watching wrestling and then I ended up watching a Minoru Suzuki match. And I was like, yeah. I need to get back to this. Like, <laughs> I, I can, I can still do this. And then, yeah, I went back to, uh, I went and I went and did a training session of, you know, just, just like, real simple rolling about and stuff like that. And yeah, I, you know, I just did a, you know, just started working for a little bit. And literally, the two people that were there with me were like, um, you've not been in a ring for over a year. And I was like, yeah. They were like, wow, (laughs) you're going to be fine. So that was a huge confidence boost. And then getting to do the promo with on the CCW show. uh, And then, yeah, that that, that just, it's literally, I just, I feel like me again. Um, Good. But completely going off topic, but now going back to your question. Um, So 
obviously my, my whole interpretation of wrestling has always been uh, wrestling is, is subjective. Right. Yes, there are 100%, there are certain things that you have to do a certain way. You have to bump a certain way, like it, it, in the beginning, because eventually you start to put your own spin on things. But like, there's a certain few things like you have to do that's done a certain way. But then obviously, everyone's style is different. Everyone's body shape is different. Everyone's footwork is different. Like, it, just everybody's different. So to me, wrestling is, is subjective. And that was the main thing I always tried to help with new people. I'd be like, okay, this is the this is 100% the correct way of doing it. But then like after a few weeks when, like, you know, the, the guys were really putting some reps in, you know, and, and they were, it was, it was great to see people that had never been wrestlers before might have watched it, might have watched it casually mm-hmm. but then to see them fall in love with it. That to me was so rewarding because I remember what I was like when I first fell in love with wrestling. I remember what I was like when I first started training and it brought all those feelings back and it was awesome to see. Um, so I would always try and say it's subjective. Don't, you know, make it your own, which you say that to a new guy and they're like, well, how do I do that? But then <laughs> you could see it slowly happening. Like, um, there was one kid there, um, I'll put him over, uh, big body heavy. Big, I think that's what's his name. Big, uh, Javier. I can't think of his name. His ring name, but um, he does he does the big body hubby gimmick. Oh yeah 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 okay yeah. I know what about. So he was just a wrestling fan, but it was from the sounds of it, he was a pretty good uh, um, fo- football player, and he, he got the chance to to do the try, and he got signed. He, I watched him fall in love with it in a matter of three four days. Wow. That kid would turn up at eight o'clock in the morning. So our my, like I was he was in mine and uh, Robbie Brookside's class. Um, that kid would turn up at eight in the morning. Now his class finished at ten, and then I would help out with extra ring sessions from it was like noon until like four or five or just it just it, they just ran whenever they basically finished sort of thing. He would be in that building from eight in the morning until 5 p.m. at night every single day wow and that to me i was like yeah that's the magic of wrestling when you genuinely fall in love with so i was like that's the magic of wrestling um and then just like the stuff you know sitting there listening to fit and stuff like that just i i obviously he's literally like one one of the greatest to like step inside a ring, right? He did like he's absolutely phenomenal. When you hear him teach, and then and you know the stuff where he would tell you to like think outside the box and everything like that. Just literally, I was just like, well, I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> How did I get this far? I know nothing. I know nothing. So I'm just going to sit here. And again, it was great because then it was because he was working with like the. Um, the gut, like the not the not the fast track class. That's the wrong thing. He was working with the guys that like they're getting ready to be like right. We need to start taking a look at these guys to like move move them up or or whatever they're going to be doing. Right. So almost like oh. a final check off. Yeah. So he like so just the the stuff he was teaching them just like my 
mouth would hit the floor. And I'm like, never, I've never even thought of it that way. So just for me, it was great to just be like, mouth shut, ears open. And it was, yeah, just that. that. So I'm, for me, in a way, that was almost my re-education. And hmm. that's what I'm looking forward to bringing back. Because it's going to be a very different milestone. I was about to say, and and you were already. It's not like you weren't lauded by. I mean, because I've seen the reaction online when you said, "Hey, 2023, I'm back," and it was like immediately there was a bunch of people that were like, "Hell yeah, let's do it!" I got and hands in Japan, uh, which that blew my mind. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Well, and I mean, it's but, not, it's not outrageous to, to, to be shocked because we have all seen examples of wrestling moving very quickly. Like, yeah. you know, it, like if you're not constantly kind of jingling keys to make people remember, it can oftentimes feel like it'll just move right past you. So I can definitely understand being like a little bit reserved, like, okay, I'm coming back. Is anybody, is there going to be like, do I have to reintroduce all over again? And like, do I have to give like a PowerPoint of like I've been, I promise I've been wrestling for twenty years. Yeah. I didn't just like come out of a time capsule. But this, the fact that everyone stood in line and went, please let me go first, please, please, like that's I I have to imagine that feels good. Well, it does. But then this is also the stubborn bastard inside me. <laughs> Way I see it is, I've been off. I was off TV for over a year. I've been mm-hmm. out of the ring for, I've literally been in exile since, in a way, March of last year. Yeah, I came back for one match, but then I got hurt again, and then I was never seen again. So the way I, the way I look at it, I've been in exile for a year plus. Mm. So if I have to do this all over again, start from scratch, I've got no problem doing that. Because, yeah, this, if I have to do it, then I have to do that does not worry me at all. I'm not going to try and sit back and be like, well, you know, I was Danny Birch and blah, 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 and look what I've done. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. No. I, I will take pride. One of the be- I'll tell you what, this is one of the best, uh, one of the best pieces of, uh, of advice that uh, Mr. Regal threw, threw around when he was down, uh, when he was coaching. And he was like, no matter how many times you go out in a building, always work like they don't know you. Mm-hmm. Mm. And now I thought was, I was like, that's amazing. Like, yes, if you're The Rock or Austin or someone like that, yes, you know you're going to go out there and get like mega pops and cheered out the building. But I was like, that's such a professional way of looking at it. Like, no one knows you. Go out there and show them who you are. So that's my entire mindset of going back in, of, of, of you know, through whatever person decided to look after me and go, you know what? He's, he's had enough. He's good now. So that's my entire mindset coming back into wrestling. I had no idea if anyone does know me, but I'm going to prove that by the end of the night, they're going to know who I am. That's amazing. And I think that is actually, that that's, that's interesting advice from both sides of experience, because I feel like for wrestlers who have been doing it for a while, that's almost like a humbling sort of like, hey, you can't just rest on on your you know your heels of like, oh, they know who I am. I've been around long enough. Yeah. But for young guys, I feel like it's just as important because 
I can't tell you how many times I've seen, you you know, a wrestler starting out and they don't want to go through the whole rigmarole of like, okay, is your entrance making sense? Does it actually like tell kind of what your character is, but not too much because if all your character is just the entrance and then you just wrestle as like vanilla, you know, Southern wrestler guy, then that's not enough. You know, so I do think I think I feel like that's advice for literally anybody involved in wrestling. Yeah, like just wrestling is constantly evolving, constantly evolving. It's one of those things that it's all you know. I'm sure there's there's guys from the fifties who are like, well, you know, we did it better, and I'm sure my generation will go, ah, we did it better, and I'm sure <laughs> the next generation will say, well, we did it better. You know, it's constantly evolving and constantly changing, and to me, that that's the art form. Of wrestling, if it changes, can you adapt? Can you can you still paint your your canvas as well as when you could when you first came in and when all of a sudden it all clicked? Can you still paint it as well? Ten years later, can you paint it as well? Fifteen years later, can you paint it as well? Twenty years later, can you still tell stories? And I mean that is ultimately what it comes down to. But obviously, the heroes change, the villains change. It's still good guys and bad guys. It always will be. But it's going to be different degrees of that. So it's like, okay, with now how people see a hero, well, okay, how do I make that into wrestling? How do I convey that and draw that emotion out of people? Like, it's, ah, I love it. Like, it's, it's, that's my favorite part of it. Well, that's, so that's always going to be one of my questions. Last time, a million years ago, back in the Stone Age, we had you on last time, we talked about, you know, things that inspire promos or lines to draw from things like that since getting rejuvenated coming back to this and and really looking at wrestling with fresh eyes has there been anything that you've been like ooh this is anything that's flavoring your your paint set right now other than just your willingness to come back and and show everyone who you are so for promos I've, I've literally not been watching uh, I've not not been watching wrestling promos I've literally just been watching as many movies as I can that's exactly what I want to hear that is as still right. the advice that I give all wrestlers who struggle with promos but to the point I will you know I might uh, what was I watching the other day um I was oh god what was it I think it was uh, the the new the new version of X Men with the uh, the flight of the Phoenix or, or wherever it was. Oh yeah 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 that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, it came out yeah, and I hadn't seen it, and I was right. sitting there on on Disney Plus. I was like, ah, I haven't watched this. I'll you know I'll watch that. And there was a line in it about how the Phoenix rises from the ashes and everything like that. So I was like, that's really good. Paused it, rewound it a little bit. And I wrote it down. It was like maybe two or three sentences long. I was like, right, how do I make that my own? Right. So this went back to my days as when I was a drama student. So literally I'm sitting there, memorized it. And then I'm literally standing in front of my bathroom mirror. Looking at how I can change my facials, how I can emphasize certain levels. How You know, you can you can speed it up. You can slow it down. You can say, you know, like just I've done that so many times. I've literally just written maybe like half a paragraph down from a character in a film. Okay, how would I say that? And then because you're doing it in the mirror, you can you, you get to see your facial expressions. You can see when the right time is to pause. 
you know, if you, I don't know, if you're going to, you're going to raise your eyebrows at some point, if you're just going to stop and, you know, you, you, you want to say it, but you're like, oh, just can't see. That's the one thing I would tell every new wrestler, stand in front of a mirror, read a newspaper clipping, read a newspaper, you know, even if you can't memorize it, just read a newspaper. And you and you will be able to see yourself. So, you know, you can you, and you again, you can take as long as you want. You don't have to memorize it. You can literally read the first line, then you can start to get comfortable with that line. Then you can just look at yourself in the mirror and do it. Okay, well, if I say it this way, what if I say it this way? But then what if I say it that way? That's how you learn to cut a promo, in my opinion. And again, rest and subjective. True. Someone, else, someone else might have a completely different way, and they are on TV talking with a microphone. Hats off to them. You find what works for you. You know, literally, I literally always say professional wrestling is Bruce Lee's Jeet Gundo. You absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. You can't sum up wrestling more than that, in my opinion. True. So, oh, I got well, let me later, didn't I? God. <laughs> <laughs> Now, well, let me let me ask you this. Uh, I, again, we've got the we've got the match coming up in Kissimmee very soon. Uh, who who's that first opponent? Who's the poor first victim that uh, is is getting to uh, to take the pent up aggression you've been holding on to since March of twenty twenty one? Aussie Killmaster. So, Excellent. <clears throat> Good kid. So, I watched him. I was like, yeah, all right, let's do it. So I went up to the promoter and I just went him. He was like, what? I said, he's my first match, but he's my first match. Well, it, as a as someone who has dabbled in promoting, if Martin Stone comes up to you and says him, you say, yes, sir. That's how yes, that sir. Goes. Yeah, exactly. Can I get you a pretzel from Auntie Anne's? The one here in Kissimmee sells beer. That's 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 what I <laughs> does it. Yes, it's one of the only ones I know of. I'm not I, screwing that's... around. I'm not screwing around. I love Old Town. Yeah. Genuinely. <laughs> So the, different... to, pre, to preface that match, originally the first match back was going to be with August Artois, mm-hmm. which is someone that I would like to talk about later on. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I do want to talk about him later on. Um, so, yeah. So there's that as well. So, but very much looking forward to it. I have... I'm sure I'm going to be dying in that ring. But... <laughs> Just, I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait to just completely transform again. That well, is genuinely. That, I, I, real quick, Chad. I do have a genuine question about that. So obviously, you've been both coach. You've been wrestled all over. Is there anything that can truly prepare you for, like wrestling cardio, other than just being in the thick of it, like? Because anytime there's anyone that ever comes back to the ring, it always feels like that's the number one thing, is that they're just spent. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, just because I was... So it's not even from a fatigue standpoint. It's from an adrenaline standpoint. Right. I haven't experienced that. That I haven't experienced here in the bell ring. Being in, like, I haven't experienced that in a year plus. It's not going to be dead. Honestly... <laughs> Honestly, all you can do is just like, and I've, I've said this so many times, and it's just, I, yes, you can run sprints. Yes, you can 
you can do all of that and train your all like you know the three uh energy pathways of, of the body and stuff like that thinking that it's it's going to get you ready for it the minute you take a bump it all goes out a window right out the window because okay now all right oh wow essentially now i'm literally just gonna wind myself get back up win myself so just on i've, I've all my training always has always been very simple just try and get in as best cardiovascular shape you can and just try and get in the ring as much as you can because you can't prepare for it you know i'm sure you know basketball players they you know they spend all day doing drills and doing everything like that but then again adrenaline kicks in come you know come the whistle blow and the tip off like it's a whole new world like oh we actually have to win this now you know yeah. so just I, I think it's just from a from a mental standpoint everything changes because then it's like right now i'm on now i have to be switched on to like you know to for a tv term the red lights on okay now this is a different ball game this isn't me in the gym on a treadmill this isn't me lifting weights this isn't me uh in a ring in a warehouse like going over the motions not not trying to go too hard because i don't know what my shoulder can take and and everything like that so yeah it's, it's gonna be a whole whole new level but i can only hope that once once i hear my music and i feel it and i feel him again i'll be fine and I think I read an interview or I saw an interview with Undertaker recently who had said, and Zach, kind of similar to what you're saying, that um, he felt like he hurt more doing the one WrestleMania matches he was doing for a while than when he was wrestling like full time because oh, yeah. you just get so used to being in the ring and doing it yeah. that when you stop doing it and you restart, it's like the whole the pain like the beginning pain all over again or so over. your body just gets used to it so yeah you do you, you get conditioned to it that literally is it you just get conditioned to it like you know when i first went back to nxt and um you know it was that, that was all like that that time was amazing it was absolutely amazing like there was all the Florida shows, and I was I was booked at like I was trying to think for the first month I worked every single one of them. So I was doing, like we were doing the monthly tapings at Full Sail, and then literally every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, boom, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it was like I got conditioned to it very quickly. But then now I'm just like, man, I'm going to wait. Well, I mean, even after that training practice, I woke up the next day and I was like, I haven't felt my neck feel like this in God knows how long. And I'm crazy. <laughs> And I know that once there's going to be a live crowd there, I'm probably going to be doing stupid stuff. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. So before we jump to uh, Mr. Artois, um, mm -hmm. I did want to ask, just in sort of a generalized sense, compare coming back to NXT versus when you were in FCW, because that was back when we were when we had you at the the last time, you know, back in 2015, we were talking yep. about like, oh, this is what it was like and da, da 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 And, you know, the, the, the knee troubles and all that. So compare that variation of, you know, basically this Florida promotion to the, the revamped version that you returned to, which I mean, you did call your shot. You absolutely Babe Ruthed it on the show. You said you were going to get, you know, basically signed back up and, and run the gauntlet in the whole nine yards. And you did. Um, so what was it like compared original 
FCW era to the NXT that you came back to? Ah, oh, it was like night and day, mate. It was like night and day. So obviously, I've been I'd been an extra for it was about two years. At that point in time, I was at I was at most of the full sale shows, um, and then I remember ask I think it was I think it was one before I think they were in San Antonio, so there wasn't a full sale taping. So and again I was like, so right, you're not back for about nine ten weeks. They were like, yep yep. So we'll, we'll talk to you then. I was like, right. And then obviously that was when I went through my first trans my first transformation physically. Um, and I killed myself to get to that. Um, so then obviously then I had the really exciting stuff with my tag partner when we had the two singles matches, which caught everybody's attention. Um, and then obviously I got the chance, uh, you know, I got the phone call saying, hey, we want you to come back full time now. Uh, I remember to which I'm sure you said it's about damn time. No, I didn't. Funnily <laughs> enough, I didn't. I wanted to, but I was like, stay humble. This is. You've been, given, you've been given a second chance. Doesn't come around often. I remember it took me 10 minutes to walk through the door. I couldn't go in. I couldn't go back in that, in, in that performance center because I remember how that place killed my passion for wrestling before. Yeah, I mean, it, quite, it, it, quite genuinely, I think there was yeah. a, a, a semblance of like almost PTSD from that, I would think. 100%. And there was. 100%. <laughs> Hundred percent, there was. I remember standing there, and I'm like, you know, I remember it was like you'd walk in there, and just everyone was, you know, everyone was so low, and walking on eggshells, and and everything like that. And then eventually, I was just like, spit out, like sort your fucking life out, just, you know. Went inside, and I couldn't believe the difference. Like people were laughing, they were smiling, they were having fun. Busting their asses in the ring, like just it, it was, it, it was a culture. I think that's the best way of saying it. Like it literally, it, it was a culture. It was literally a massive family, and it really was. And it was, it was, it was so humbling to walk into that after what I after how it was before. And I'm not saying it wasn't good before, you know. I mean, this, you know, the shield did like the shield did. Did a few things, you know. Uh, Adrian Neville did, has, has done a few things, you know. So right. Sam Dane and you know, so it wasn't all doom and gloom, but it it, it was it was tough. It, it was tough. It, it wasn't it wasn't easy at all. So I'm not saying that no one had any opportunities from it, or that it was like, oh, this is prison and you're not doing anything. And right, it wasn't that. Some days it was like that, but it wasn't like that all the time. But to go back in, but to get, go back into the same building. And see the change in everything. I was like, "Yeah, this this is exactly what I need." Um, so I reported on that Monday. On the Wednesday, we had the full sale tapings, and that was when we were told we'd be working uh, UV. Mm. And that was when we found out that then, okay, we're now going to push. We're going to push to take over because we want to do you and only against UE for the tag titles. So it was quite a quite a, a random in, introduction. I was like, oh, we're off to the races straight away. I was like, right, perfect. Well, I was going to say, I'm sure that uh, helped 
you know, give you a certain sense of confidence as well that this was a different era yes. you were coming into yes. instead of just like the, yeah, we don't really know what we're doing with yet to like, oh, no, where you immediately have an idea. You're immediately going after titles like, oh, yeah. well, then. Yeah. So I was like, yes, I was extremely happy and just like, right. Time to go to work again. So, again, that, my, my, my mindset changed again. It was like, all right, I'm here now. But, no, there's still a ton of work to do. So, you know, put the, put the pedal to the floor and off we go. We'll just we'll, we'll see what we can do. What, one match um, that I do want to ask about, because it's, it's one of my favorite match types in all of wrestling that I've been watching since Flippin' 1983. Uh, I... <laughs> I love war games and you got the opportunity to be actually be in, in one. Um, what, what was the overall, what was it like being in a war games match? Cause that, that seems like that's gotta take, I know it seems cliche as hell, but that feels like that's gotta take like months off your career in going into something like that. But I mean, for a start, it was the surrealist thing in the world. Cause obviously I'd watched all the war games matches and everything like that. And then, you know, straight away, we were main event. So this young kid from England at one point in time that had no idea where wrestling was going to take him, if you'd have told me nearly 20 years ago, hey, you're going to main event uh, a takeover and you're going to be one after the tag team champions and you're going to do it with Pat McAfee, uh, I'd have laughed. <laughs> I'd been like, "What the? But what? What's a Pat McAfee like?" <laughs> <laughs> so then, when they told us, they were like, "Right, yep, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna win the tag titles, but we're gonna turn your heel because we're gonna uh, align you with Pat, and you're gonna feud with UE." Um, and obviously, we know that we know those lads so well. So I was just like, "This is genuinely amazing," and I was. I, I still feel very, very lucky for being able to do that. Um, you know, I mean, the match itself, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, there's tables, there's cages, there's cricket bats that I ran in there with. There's, you know. That you, br- that you broke, I do believe, if I remember correctly. So n- uh, No, it didn't break. I thought that one broke for some reason. No, Why did I have that in my head? No, 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 no. I feel bad for that. It didn't break. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I felt so bad. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was like, you sure we're going to do this? He was like, yeah, 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 just break it. I'm like, all right, cool. Whack. And <laughs> I was like, oops. Yeah, I felt really bad about that. But, um, yeah, it was, it, you know, it, it, was, it was magic. And do I wish, you know, do I wish COVID hadn't happened? Do I wish that it would have been in an arena, you know, like take over Chicago 3? Like, do I wish we would have had, like, a full live crowd? Of course I do. Yeah. But I genuinely feel that the, the fans that were in attendance that, you know, potentially putting their health at risk to come watch us do that, it, it means the world. It really does. Absolutely. And, well, and, and uh, just since we, we mentioned what is a Pat McAfee, how, how was it like working with Pat McAfee? He he seems like a guy you'd want to go have a drink with, but I don't I don't Thanks. maybe he's a, maybe what? he's an asshole. I don't know. No, not one bit. I'll tell you what. No, he is <laughs> Pat is a really he's just such a down to earth, genuine guy. Who, as much as you know, it was in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like he was 
you know, he was in the NFL for a long time. He had, I think it was an eight or nine year career. Mm-hmm. His podcast is one of the most watched shows in the world or listened to in the world. Like, you know, he does it every day. Um, and he's just so down to earth, but he's so passionate about wrestling. And that was the first thing I noticed. It's like he genuinely wanted to be there. It wasn't like, ah, well, I got called to do this gig and, ah, well, it seems kind of fun. Like, no, he, like, genuinely loves wrestling. And that's why he was just like, you know, oh, well, I'll be the guy that dives off the top of the cage and we're all like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, it'd be fine. We're like, okay, wink, wink. Like, if you want to do it, then that's fine. But just, yeah, he's... He's he's an and and again he was one of the guys I reached out to after I got released and just instantly replied like no like waiting or anything like that just just a genuinely nice dude he really nice. is. Well, let's talk about somebody who isn't a nice dude at all. Oh, um, transition of all transitions. You like my segue there? I was proud of that one. Uh, he's real. He's raw, or at least that's what he keeps telling everybody. Uh, he's Argus Antoine. He he can't keep your uh, he can't keep your name out of his mouth. Uh, yeah. What are your oh, what are your thoughts on the the two year vet? That's right. Yeah, the the two year vet. That's right. Yeah. Um, kid's a prick. <laughs> I Good mean, night, everybody. Right. Mm. Yeah. This is this this is a kid that shits on everything that anyone else has done before, and you're able to do this because a lot of people, you know, worked. 365 days a year plus so that we can get to the point where national TV is one or two days a week earning guaranteed contracts being able to like literally set up your kids grandkids like college fund like and you want to sit here after two years and you know I appreciate it you know I appreciate his bollocks but (laughs) No, absolutely not. Like that is someone I would happily stamp his teeth down his throat, no problem. Oh, please! I, and I know that match is coming up in Georgia pretty soon, if I remember correctly, right? When is uh, you do get the chance to face down with him? Uh, I, was it in January or was it in February? I know it's coming up. Yeah, uh, January fifteenth. January fifteenth. Okay, so yeah, so I I don't like him. So I'm going to do my best to be as professional as I can, but I don't like him. Yeah, yeah slap him around a little bit. I think it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Chad starting shit. Uh, no, uh, so I I do, mean, that uh, that does bring up a genuine question for me, though. So as someone who has now, you know, obviously plenty of experience as a coach, looking at someone who is maybe not as, as seasoned as August, you know, someone like that, um, what is... What is the big thing that you would say you point to and say this you're doing this wrong? This is the wrong way to go about it, because you know you've obviously as as you said earlier, wrestling is subjective and everybody can do it their own way. But for young wrestlers in general, what is the big thing to avoid? What is the giant pitfall that you know they can fall down if they're not careful? Acting like August Atwood. Besides that, believing your own hype two years in. Mm. <laughs> I've got a real, real problem with that. The sad part is, I think he's been believing his hype even before that. That's even the two more than the like, two year thing has been no, like. Maybe he wasn't held enough as a baby. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like no. 
Yeah, but like this whole believing your own, like, okay. That I have a problem with. A real big problem. Because, yeah, I would say there's definitely a difference between being confident and carrying yourself with confidence and drinking your own Kool-Aid. Especially because the amount of people I've been around that are so humble. So, for instance, Mr. Regal. I'm sure you've heard his podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At what point did he ever say, well, I've done this and this, so it doesn't really matter? You know, because at what point did he ever say something like that? That's good. That's that's you're not wrong. I mean, he's constantly he, saying on there that he's just uh, he, I'm not anything special. I'm just a uh, I'm just an old journeyman wrestler. That's all I am. And the, he says that constantly through the podcast. So grappling pro. Now, if he can do that at 30 years, who has literally done everything, seen it, worn the T-shirt twice removed. What gives you the fucking right at two years in to say what you're saying? Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Anyway, you're not wrong. That's going down a dark path, but yeah. So, <laughs> so with all this being said, let's let's really kind of try to frame this here as where should people, what should people be expecting from Martin Stone going into 2023? Where do we go from here? So for me, it's it's time to reinvent myself again it's time to get my name out there again um and i've got no problem doing that so i am going to bust my ass and i will do this into until my body finally goes yep the wheels are coming off now son when i know (laughs) that day when i know that day is here then i will happily step away but at this point in time they're not (laughs) that day is not here yet so i'm literally going to do everything I can to re-cement myself. Excellent. So I'm just, you know, cool. going to travel as much as I can. Um, gonna try, I will literally take advantage of every single opportunity I can. Well, we are excited to have, uh, as it were, front row seats for this. This is... Absolutely. If, of all the, the stories that professional wrestling has, uh, both, you know, in... The realest of real senses. Um, this obviously your story hits close to home to, to this show and and to us. And um, you know, if if we can if we can see the 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 triumphant return of Martin Stone, then there's still hope for Artigan Mall in Orlando. So that's that's what it really matters to me. <laughs> you oh, love that ball. I, <laughs> hey, you know, that mall was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was good. It was a good one. So, well, Martin, I, I will say, I think this is uh, the part in the episode where one Mr. Brian Cage has officially given us permission to call. Get your shit in. Tell everybody where they can uh, follow your social media, uh, buy your merch, uh, see you next, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The floor, my friend, is yours. Okay. Well, uh, I hope people listen to this because I've had. So far, I've had a great, great career. Um, I've been very, very fortunate. Um, You know, I became tag team champion. Um, I had the most life-changing experience in ring with the match with UE at TakeOver Chicago. Um, I made 
ton of friends, traveled to a lot of places, went to a, a load of places that I never thought I would get to uh, uh, to work in and perform in. I got the chance. I got the chance to perform at Download Festival. So, you know, like just I've had. Has it gone the way I've wanted it to every single time? Absolutely not. Is it a bitter pill to swallow? No, because I still wouldn't be around this if I didn't want to do it. Um, but yeah, so thank you to anyone that has ever that has thus far bought a ticket to see me perform. Um, if you want to find me on social media, I am on Twitter as at Strong Style Brit. I'm on Instagram as at Strong Style Brit because my old account got deactivated, so I had to make a new one. Um, haven't got any merch yet, although fully gimmicked has one, which is quite interesting. That's right. That's right. Good save. Good fully save. Has one. Fully gimmicked has a very interesting T-shirt. Um, so if you'd like to check that out, you'll be able to find that on fullygimmick.com. Um, apart from that, just yeah, I'll I'm going to be around. So come see me. And obviously, the first match back is Coastal Champ Championship Wrestling CCW, the last territory, and that is in Kissimmee, Florida, Friday or oh, Friday the thirteenth. Just realised that an <laughs> omen, an omen, perhaps. <laughs> there's an there's an omen for Aussie Coolmaster to watch out. Here we go. Yeah, uh, I believe the show the show starts around eight. It's in Old Town in Kissimmee. It's always a good time. Um, I think the tickets are on ccw.com, and obviously it's, uh, it's uh, you can walk up as well. But yeah, it's great. It's a awesome. It's a great fun atmosphere. So if you if you're bored next week, come along. I say uh, Old Town is fantastic. I, I cannot hype it enough. Yeah, Old Town is amazing. I love it. Excellent. Well, Martin, thank you so much for the triumphant return here. Um, we're going to be your loud cheering section as, as yes, 2023 unfolds. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, we're going to continue to uh, to support because uh, in this weird world of professional wrestling, you have always remained one of the good ones. So, Martin, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you so much to the dozens and dozens listening all over. And uh, on behalf of everybody here at the IndieCast, I am Zach Romero. And I am Chad Allen. And uh, next time, everybody, as we always say, deuces. deuces. Well, hope I don't poop today. You're killing his mulligan. A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you <laughs> fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are. We're touching wieners. Not touching wieners you. professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Love dick. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.